When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. How did you get our meat? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Come on! Football! Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it! You like that? You like that? <laughs> Football. Third and the full 10 at the 23 for Schaub and the Falcons, who lead by a field goal. Schaub hit as he throws and picked. Intercepted in the secondary by Trey Johnson. Well, we're trying to tie everything together, you know, and what we do, uh, running the ball and throwing the ball, play pass. It's, it's hard to make big plays in this league, so you're you're trying to get those two tied together so you can get the ball down the field. But uh, Rick does a great job of teaching. He and Andrew have uh, done a good job. Our group offensive linemen, uh, all guys that work very hard. we got a young center we're asking a lot of. So a lot of things going on right there. But uh, guys all getting on the same page, trying to make sure they give us some holes to run in and a chance to throw the ball. All right, we, we decided, Mackie and Judd with Romney, to tie a couple sound bites there together because this is kind of a fun little jumping off point. That was a Matt Schaub uh, low light from last night. Good to see him last night. Yeah, real quick. I was afraid he was out of the league. He's Matt Schaub still in the NFL is a headline in itself. Did you guys know that Matt Schaub was still in the NFL? Yeah, last night. Yeah, last no, no, I didn't. But last (laughs) night I did. When Al Michael said, and Matt Ryan's not going to start a quarterback, it's Matt Schaub. I said Matt Schaub still in the league. I remember. I remember when the Vikings actually liked Matt Schaub. There, there was a time, I think when he got traded, it might have been for a first-round pick to the Texans. Yeah, that was in 2006. That was early Brad Childress the Vikings, when they were looking for a franchise quarterback. The Vikings were way into the idea of trying to obtain Matt Schaub to be their guy. And he's still playing in 2019. Good for him. How much money would you guys guess? There's a tie, there's a Vikings tie-in here coming. Just wait for it. And we have, have he a, made? We have a bloodbath. Write that down I, coming up in an hour. How much money would you guess Matt Schaub has made playing... Professional football. I'm bad at I'm bad at this part of the game. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, go first. Now, just to set to set the scene here, he was a starting quarterback for like five years, five and a half ish years in Houston, but he's been in the NFL for like sixteen years. Mm-hmm. So he's been mostly a just a clipboard holder. I'm gonna guess sixty five. Judd, I'm gonna go a little bit higher just because of the time that he was a starter. He got at least one really good contract. I'm going to go 85. Yeah, $90.5 million. Wow. <laughs> well, wow. He, was a star- he was a starter at one point, and, still and he was force, in demand. Force your kids to play quarterback. Jonathan, how old's your kid? He's three. Are you putting him through intensive football drills yet? Which football? 
I yeah. see you're going there. Okay. You know what? Put a base put a baseball in his left hand and be done with it. It's still the most surefire way. But is it fair to say here, so Matt Schaub, I know he went to two Pro Bowls, but Matt Schaub is just Matt Schaub is not a great quarterback, right? Like that's and I'm not talking about just thirty. If you look at Matt Schaub's fifteen years in the NFL, he's a backup quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. He had a stint as what I would call a productive starter. And who was his offensive puppeteer the same, when he was... I believe the same guy who at one time worked with our own Sage Rosenfels with Gary the Houston Texans. Kubiak. Yes, Gary yes. Kubiak. So let me let me just sort of paint an optimistic picture here for the are Minnesota you, Vikings. Are you telling me in 2032 we're going to be talking and you're going to say, well, guess who started a quarterback last night for yeah. the Atlanta Falcons? Kirk Cousins. In the Hall of Fame game, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Although Kirk Cousins, I think, has probably already made more money than Matt Schaub. Good yep. for Kirk Cousins. But Matt Schaub in 2009 under Gary Kubiak led the NFL in passing yards with 4,000. He almost broke the single season passing yards record with 4,770 passing yards. It was actually a very Kirk Cousins like season. It was 4770 in the air, 29 touchdowns, 15 picks, a quarterback rating above uh, 98. Uh, he completed uh, 68% of his passes. It was actually a very Kirk Cousins like year. But that was. A backup caliber quarterback that Gary Kubiak elevated to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a year. And you could even look a couple of years later in 2012, and I'm not sure if Kubiak was there in 2012 still, but, but like Gary Kubiak's fingerprints were all over Matt Schaub. And again, he goes for 4,000 plus yards, Pro Bowl, 12 and 4 record with the team. So I guess my grand point here is I think Kirk Cousins is better than Matt Schaub's bar over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. I think he's a more talented quarterback. I think he has more upside. If Gary Kubiak's influence was able to turn Matt Schaub into, for a brief flashing period, the top passer in the NFL and one of the better quarterbacks, he wasn't Tom Brady, but he turned into one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for a couple of years. Does that bode well for, if we think Kirk Cousins is better than Matt Schaub was, does that bode well for Kirk Cousins to take a step forward in 2019? I think it does. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. I'm drinking purple Kool-Aid I was going to say, that's a very nice thought. Uh, I would say this. It's why the Vikings' most important offseason investment was Kubiak. I have no idea if it works or not, but the idea is a good one, and I think it speaks volumes to how the Vikings probably mismanaged their expectations for Kubiak a year ago and what the change in those expectations is now, which is, you know what, though? The story of Cousins' career up until now, and we're going to see if the narrative gets changed in 2019, Phil, is it's very simple. If Kirk Cousins had a... Not to be a morbid type, but let's say he had a football gravestone, okay? Not his gravestone, but a football gravestone. So far through the 2018 seasons, it would say, here lies Kirk Cousins, thrived when the conditions were perfect. Because when the conditions are good, he makes unbelievable throws. Mm -hmm. Like he's, if the conditions are right, Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback who makes, who drops passes in, and you're like, wow, we've not seen a lot of Vikings quarterbacks who can do that. Now, I guess my question is, can the marriage of what Kubiak um, teaches and does and the schematics and also the personnel now and how he uses that around Cousins, can that put Cousins in, in a position to, let's say the conditions were right around Kirk, um, just take a percentage, let's say 38% of the time in 2018, okay? But that's not enough. Can we get that percentage up to, let's say, 70.1% or something like that? Yeah. 71%. And, and if you do that, then 
with what already we know to be a pretty damn good defense, is that enough to get you back to where you want to go? I think I think this what you just said sort of spins off into a what are your expectations for 2019 and 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 what do you need out of Kirk Cousins in 2019 to get to your expectations and it seems like Vikings ownership it seems like there's a lot of talk about because Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman now are locked together with their contracts it would be very easy after the season to move on from both of those guys with one year remaining in 2020 if Super Bowl is your goal and we're talking about a quarterback that doesn't really show up on third down, doesn't really show up against great teams, and doesn't show up in prime time. I would worry that even if you can push him a little bit further and say, you know what, why don't you just maybe you can get a little better in some of those areas? You're still if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, you're going to need a guy in that spot. Unless you have a generationally great defense, you're going to need a guy in that spot to shoulder the entire team at some point. You're going to need a guy in that spot when things are not going his way to say, hey. Everybody, I'm going to make a throw here. I'm going to, I'm going to avoid a defender in this spot. I'm going to not fumble with the game on the line in the fourth quarter when I normally would, right? Yeah. And he's going to have to spend the entire season proving that. What's what's crazy is Kirk Cousins is one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the world. But in order for, if, unless you have the best defense in the NFL, in order for you to pay it off with a Super Bowl, he's got to be better. He's got to be better in certain spots, in high leverage spots. If the, I could use a baseball, but that's term. the difference. He he is one of the twenty best quarterbacks in the world when the script is perfect. Like if you just say, Kirk, everything's going to be perfect. Like the play is going to unfold like you expect it to. Then yes, that's him. But the truly the best quarterbacks are the ones who can go off the script. And it's not our. It's not in week two in the opening quarter. Are you great? It's in week fifteen. And all hell has broken loose. Everything has gone wrong. And we don't need pretty from you. We need efficiency from you. Can you do it? Mm-hmm. And so far, the answer from him has been absolutely not. I can't. So, so it's not, it's not does he look and can he play the part? Cause I think we know he can. He plays the part well. But does he play the part well when it's coming unglued? Because that's where your Brady's and your Wilson's thing and Breeze's think about this second half here against the Saints in the playoff game two years back. The Vikings defense is playing great at halftime. The Vikings have that game won. And Drew Brees comes out and says, no, they don't. Now, now I can't imagine Cousins doing that until I see it. But that, but that's the type of thing I'm talking about. All hell has broken loose. Everything's gone wrong. And, yeah. Drew, and Drew Brees is like, that's fine. I think what will be really nice to see, because 2019, it's at the beginning of the year, everyone's got their optimistic hat on and you got your you got your glass of purple Kool-Aid, right? And your everything's it's a new season. All right, things went the wrong way last year, but it was still like a five hundred season. Yep. But no matter how optimistic you are going in and no matter how many things look good on paper with this defense and the weapons, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL, uh they drafted a franchise center. Like there's a lot of things that are pointing in the right direction. They brought in Gary Kubiak. There's gonna be a handful or more of games where the bleep hits the fan in the third quarter or you come out flat against a Buffalo or against a Chicago in a game you have to have at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And it would have been nice against Buffalo. Oh, God, we're down 14 points. That wasn't expected. Buffalo was supposed to lay out, lay, lay down here, right? Or, man, just the, the team came out flat against the Bears inexplicably in a game in which they're resting starters in the second half. Those are the types of games where you just need a quarterback to put people on his shoulder and say, all right, we are, we are not losing this game. 
And it's 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 really unfair to compare it to the Drew Breeses and the Tom Brady's, you know, because Kirk Cousins is not that type of a guy. But I get envious when I watch. There's been a couple games in Tom Brady's. There was a there was a Saints uh, Patriots game. I think it was two seasons ago, in which the Patriots the Patriots lost the lead and were down by I think it was four points or more. They were down by more than a field goal with like no timeouts in 38 seconds. And Tom Brady just has this look on his face when he gets deep. He takes the ball, boom, boom, boom. They go down the field, they score a touchdown, and they win. And they, like, that, that's the type of thing you need. I'm not saying at a Tom Brady level by any means. I'm not trying to say that Kirk Cousins needs to be Tom Brady. That's an unfair expectation. But it would be nice if the pie chart of where he accumulates his fantasy football stats, mm-hmm. if it spilled over a little bit more into, hey, crisis mode, activate, right? Hey, Sunday Night Football against a good team, activate. The Buffalo game bugged me so much because that's the exact type of game where your team plays a terrible game. It just they just did they played a terrible game, and that's the exact type of game where your quarterback, if he if he's different, doesn't add to the problems. Kirk added to the problems. That's the type of day where everything's falling apart, and he says, "I don't really care. We're gonna win. The, we're gonna win this game, and here's how. Because this is not a great team. Because Buffalo is still Buffalo. They played well th- yeah. that day, but you had a bad game." Um, that was actually that that loss and how that game went and the feeling of that game was one of the most, if not the most alarming game, because you know what? You lose to Seattle there. That's a tough team. Bad loss, but a tough team. You go to the Patriots, you, you lose there again. That's a really good team. You didn't play great, but it's the Patriots. But Buffalo here is the exact type of game when when you look back and, and go through the Vikings 2018 schedule and say, what losses should have gotten you in the playoffs where you just don't lose. That Buffalo game is a prime example mm-hmm. of you just don't lose that game. And Chicago here bu- bugged you because that was a, the Bears have nothing to play for and you have everything to play for. So instead of going through every game and being like, yeah, they should have won in Seattle. They could have. They should have beat the Patriots. They could have. Okay, you didn't though. And those are good teams. Their road games at Chicago is tough. Totally get that. They're having a great year. But you can identify at least a couple of games where you're in the playoffs and and you could have won th- those games. And I'm sorry, but Buffalo here and Chicago here, there's no compelling case to say, yeah, but they should have lost. No, they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I do think... But uh, win those games. You know, we kind of mocked and ridiculed Kirk Cousins when at the end of the year he said, well, you know, it's just uh, it's good to get the one season under the belt and you just got to come back and learn and work on our code words and things like yeah. that. But And that's... Yeah, to, to say that you can't just come in and be successful in your first year. I mean, look at Brett Favre in 2009. Like you can, you can come in, and I get that I just named a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you can come in and you can be successful in your first year. So I don't want to just give him that excuse. But I think the Vikings probably had the Vikings probably thought Kirk Cousins was a little something different than what they actually purchased. Oh, I think that's a thousand percent right. Yes, and having that year of experiencing that, yeah. and now being able to mold things around him in a different way. I would be buying Kirk Cousins stock in 2019. I think Kirk. I, the, the, there's two athletes in this town that I'm buying stock. I'm buying Kirk Cousins stock, and I'm buying Andrew Wiggins stock, which we can get into as the season gets closer. But I think those guys, based wait, wait, on, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, based on the systems, I'm concerned, and the people, and Is this Phil the things the around them. I'm serious. You're it's, buying Andrew Wiggins hey, stock. It's 80 degrees Why? and sunny today. I'm looking at. The people and the systems and, yeah, what, I need more. and what's how around much of, them. How much of the stock are you buying? 
I mean, I'm not going to like dump my whole bank. Okay, account but this is very this is very important. Yeah. But I think so. How much of the stock are you buying? Are you buying a little bit more than than you bought last year on Cousins? Because I do think I do think Kirk was. I, I think the expectation of Kirk and what the Vikings did to him was off base. But I am still very much in wait and see here. I think the here's here's my grand point. And you're always wait and see, and I'm always like jump in and be optimistic yeah. first. So that's sort of the personality of our show. But I think with the Timberwolves and with the Vikings, I think they've done a good job identifying what needs to happen with Wiggins over here and with Kirk Cousins over here and putting smart people around to help fix the problem. I mean, the Vikings have said, all right, we, we just need a more experienced, smart mind who has elevated quarterbacks in the past. What's Gary Kubiak doing? And I think that's a brilliant move by Mike Zimmer think, and Rick Spielman. I think it's a good move, but I, I guess my question about Cousins is, is Washington did the same thing at times, and it still didn't maximize itself. Mm-hmm. But when Washington did it, he only had a year or two of experience under his belt. Now he has three or four. He has seen everything there is to see. The Vikings know who he is, and I would be here's my wallet. I'm surprised it, if he didn't take a step I'm forward in it, some of these areas. I'm putting it in my pocket and guarding it with my life rather than buying <laughs> stock in those two. <laughs> okay. Although, although on Wiggy, I will say this: if the Timberwolves play this right and build him up, and you create a potential to trade him, they're geniuses. But if you actually think that you fixed him and keep him, I'm done with you. But if you build him up and deal him, I'm with you. Okay. On Cousins, I just don't know. I, I just... It's hard to be... Well, and put training, it this way and training camp's so dangerous because you start to, you know, they they do nothing but practice for how long? Two weeks? But here's the thing. Kirk Cousins in primetime is where our stock market was in 2008. Like, it can't get worse. Has, has he won a game on Monday night in his career? Yeah, I think he's won like one or two. He's like I think so. He's like, like one and eight or something. Yeah, it's really bad. So I'm I'm saying Kirk Cousins in the areas that you need him to improve, yep. which are prime time and let's say even third down. Yep. It is the 2008 stock market, and I think it's going to go back up. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that we're all going to be Kirk Cousins billionaires and that he's going to be Tom Brady, but I would be buying Kirk Cousins stock. In 2019. He's not won a Monday night game. He's 0 7. 0 7. See? Okay. I am. I am. Actually, he's more like the 1930s economy. That's what I was going to say. I'm very, I'm very afraid that the three years of cousins will be known as the Great Vikings Depression. In fact, you know what? Well, I'm going to save my write that down prediction because we have that coming up in 40 I'm minutes. I'm just curious now. how bad it is when I saw you tweet that out that it was, it was just a bloodbath. He's 0 and C. He hasn't won a Monday night yeah, game. Yeah. So, really, are you, buying, so are you really buying stock? That's, that's the perfect time to buy stock. The perfect time to buy stock. I got a lot of stock I'd like to sell you to. Well, um, we should come back here and talk more Vikings because I think there's a discussion to be had about the expectations for this team. We've been so twins all in the last few weeks on this show because the trade deadline was coming up. Which, by the way, has been fantastic. It's been super fun. <laughs> it's been it's been so yeah. long since we've been able to do that with the twins. It was super fun. But we've got we've got football fever. I keep I'm I'm following all the score north accounts here. Collar's been out there every day at camp. Courtney Cronin, uh, our, our social media guy, Seth Auger. And I just like these videos that, the, that they're posting on our social media of like pads cracking and red zone drills and offensive linemen. And I've got, I've got some football fever. So expectations for the Vikings in 2019. And should Zimmer and Spielman really be on the hot seat that it feels like they're creeping toward? And we can answer your phone calls too, 651-646-8255. Federated Insurance is here to help business owners. Been with myself. I know it goes into it. Uh, owning a business can be stressful, but also 
It can uh, it can bring a lot of jubilation. You're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. Federated has been there for over a century. They've got experience in making businesses as successful as they can be across many different areas. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You get a face-to-face relationship. You want more than just the bare minimum. You don't want just the bare minimum piece of paper with your insurance company. You want someone who can guide you and navigate and uh, maybe even offer some guidance in areas that you're unfamiliar with. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your federated marketing representative and to find out about the industries Federated protects. Federated. Join Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and the Portland Timbers this Sunday afternoon with pregame at 2.30 and kickoff at 3 o'clock right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Mackie and Joe with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. No, Rami. Rami, actually... Uh, let me pull this up here. I don't want to get the name. I wrong. hope. I hope. Did he, you hear what he's doing on Sunday? No, but I, I hope he got the note that I sent him this afternoon about a food tasting coming up for the Gophers because our guy yeah. Rami loves a good food tasting. Yes, and that's he does. no that's no insult against Rami. Okay, no Rami's recipes and Rami's reviews. Just want to make it clear. By the way, Jonathan, get ready because the state fair is coming up here in a few weeks. So excited. And we're going to have a corn dog connoisseur, Jonathan Harrison, go through yep. and, and rate and review all mm-hmm. the different corn dogs and pronto pup stands. I'm so pumped. I told him I want you to hold the corn dog like a glass of wine with the stem down. Should I get a monocle? Can we get a corn dog suit? A corn dog suit? Yeah. He can go around in a corn dog suit. Do they have those? Can we? Of course we could. Well, let me do a quick They've got hot dog suits. They got to have corn dog suits. Corn dog suit. I'm really concerned about. Oh, the, the ones that pop up are like. The actual, like, the costumes where your arms are out here and you look like a corn dog. Oh, goodness. Can we put you in one of those? <laughs> Would you let hey, us put you in one of those? What for, is up with that stick, by the way? In the, in anything that for radio. Anything yeah, for yeah, radio. Why yeah, there's a, a stick there? There's, a, there's a stick. Can I see it? <laughs> that stick is just uncomfortably placed. Hold on, let me show you this job. percent off. Describe oh, this. Oh, this is the- awesome! Oh, it's a corn dog suit. It looks like there's a stick coming out of yeah. your. Well, you can say it. There is a stick coming out of the rear of the corn dog yeah. suit. You can say it in that context. Okay, I'm that, not paying for it. Got, but I would. We got to get that. Don't sit down too fast. Oh no, no, you wouldn't have to pay for it. That, it's, only, it's only fifty bucks. We got to do this. Okay, that's got it. We got to Monday. Got to order it or forget Monday. Right Let's now. do it right now. We'll do it right now. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, corn dog suit on the way. <laughs> it's Mr. Corndog. Go into a phone booth and change into the corndog suit. <laughs> corndog hero. So amazing. Uh Rami, sorry, Rami on Sunday night. Yeah. I've I've never heard of this comedian, but this comedian has like a half million social media followers and has been uh has done Netflix specials, Comedy Central. His name is Ari Shafir. And he's so Rami's out at Milwaukee Comedy Fest. Mm-hmm. And Turner Hall is where some of the stuff so this top Netflix Comedy Central comedian is performing on Sunday night in front of a big audience. And he chose Rami to open for him. Nice. 25 minutes on uh, Sunday night. So our, our guy Rami is going to be opening for like a huge, he's doing stand-up for to open. 25 minutes? Yeah. I said, how much would we have, would we have oh to give my. you to do 75 knock-knock jokes in those 25 minutes? <laughs> and just ruin your entire career. <laughs> 25 minutes must seem, when you're on stage, that must seem like an eternity. Yeah, like I've always wondered that about stand up. Twenty to get up there for a half hour 
And like, what if they don't laugh after a couple of minutes? You know, <laughs> I guess you keep going. You plow through. It's like cousins. You keep throwing the ball. Hey, so have you heard about the uh, the quarterback and the nine iron? You just keep throwing it uh-huh. backwards. Because when when he he does appearances at open mics around here, that's a very brief time period, right? That's for what, like five minutes, maybe. Yeah, open mics are like three or five minutes. Now he's done like headline stuff before, right. but sure. not on this low. I think oh, this might be him. the biggest one of the biggest things he's done before. Awesome, break a leg. Good for him. Break a leg is right. Yeah. Good for him. Um, so. What are your stated expectations for the Vikings this season? Oh, like where where, where you're going right to set now? a bar, and if they don't reach the bar, it's possible heads should roll, and or it'll just be a huge disappointment. Well, without predicting a final record for the 2019 season yet, I would say that my expectations are you have to make the playoffs. Now, if you go out in the first round, there's uh, some people, I think Royce is on record as saying if they're like a wild card team and they go out in the first round, he thinks that Zimmer and Spielman will be gone. I'm not positive. Yeah, I think that's absurd. I, I'm not positive of, of that because the Wills, you got to understand that the Wills love Rick and I think they love Mike. Now, would they extend Cousins beyond 2020? My guess is probably not. Mm-hmm. My guess is the one guy who could lose his job, not in, 2000, uh, not in 2020, but beyond that because he wouldn't get an extension, is Cousins. So, but if they don't make the playoffs, and let's say they finish third behind Chicago and Green Bay, and and Rick and Mike's contracts are basically right now set up as potential severance packages. If they don't make the playoffs, I could see major changes being made. If they do make the playoffs and go out one and done, I'm not convinced that the GM and coach lose their job. If they make the playoffs and let's say get to the conference title game, that's where I think not only does everybody keep their job, but there's probably serious potential that they would look at extending Cousins' contract and having decided that the relationship between Kubiak and Cousins works. Mm-hmm. That's where I stand right I now. just think, I, I feel like we're so quick to put coaches on hot seats in 2019. Where And, and we, always, we always think a couple things. We always think, as sports fans now, that progress has to be linear, that it's like an escalator. Where you take over a team, your windows open, and you go. Yes, that's yep, how it's you, perceived. You go. So in Mike, Mike, this is by the way sixth season for Mike Zimmer. Like where does time go? But Mike Zimmer starts off. It goes up and down and up and down with Mike Zimmer. But it, but it never. It's up and down, up and down. But it's, but it's never. It hasn't been a disaster ever. His first, his first year was their worst year record wise at seven and nine. Yep. And I think the way we treat coaches in football, and we do this in college too. We did it with Jerry Kill. We did it for sure with um, Glenn Mason. Although Glenn Mason had been there for ten years, and I was fine with that. I wore a fire. I wore a fire Mason shirt my senior year. You were hypocrite. You were cheering fire Mason. I know. Like he, he's the exception. Like he had to go. But (laughs) we think, oh, he started seven and nine, Uh, and now he's eleven and five. And so, if you don't then win a Super Bowl or go twelve and four. It's a colossal disappointment, and now you're on the hot seat. Yep. So he goes eight and eight. Well, you better turn it around. Okay, thirteen and three. Now you got to win the Super Bowl. And but the reality is, most progress is not linear like that. It's it's a it's sometimes it can be an up and a down and a zig and a zag. And so what I look at is what are you what can you hang your hat on and and say, yep, the foundation is strong even if it's an 8-8 eight and eight season compared to a 13-3 and three season, and you can build off that foundation. And the Vikings' defense is that foundation. 
So I would let I would now if they go like six and ten, okay, it probably means there's cracks in the foundation. You probably don't have a top five defense if you're going six and ten. Mm-hmm. But we're we're the only time I would look and say, yeah, Mike Zimmer should be on a hot seat is if all of a sudden it's the fifteenth ranked defense. Like if you're if the thing that he is known to be an expert in mm-hmm. starts to really erode and maybe he's fallen behind in terms of what works defensively in the NFL, that's when I would take a strong look at it. But I think it's hard to say, boy, if they don't go this record in the regular season or win this many games in the postseason, he should be fired. I think it's more complicated than that. Our, my expectations are you should make the playoffs and you should make a little noise in the playoffs and win a game. But am I going to say, boy, if Mike Zimmer doesn't win a playoff game, he's fired. If Rick Spielman doesn't win a playoff game, he's fired. I think it should be more nuanced than that. Okay, so let, let's take that step. Instead of just saying, well, you weren't as successful as we thought you should have been, and so you're all fired. Let's take the nuance step, because I think here's the conversation and as we um, would be going into the 2020 season that the Wilfs could potentially have and would probably be fair. And it's at least it's a fair question. It goes back to what I think we discussed during the course of last year, too. I think if the decision is made to fire Rick and Mike, it would be made much more so based on this. Rick and this is not all Rick's fault, but it mostly is, has never, as a GM and in charge of all the personnel decisions, basically found a quarterback. If Mike's fired, it could be based on where has this league gone. And in 2014, the idea to hire a defensive coach first seemed great because then if you couldn't find that quarterback, you could at least stop teams that had that quarterback. But with the rules continuing to morph towards offense, 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 would you say we feel that we simply have to go find a good young offensive head coach and therefore have a faith that that, could, that guy can identify the replacement for Cousins. That would be the conversation that I think would be fair. And you might just say, you know what, no, we shouldn't do it. But instead of just saying, well, the record's not good enough and it didn't work, you're all fired, would you make those moves based on where this league is going and the fact that you've lost faith in Rick, as far as being the guy that can find you that quarterback yeah. who can be your quarterback for eight years, and I need, and this is where I get hung up on that too because he whiffed on Ponder egregiously. Christian Ponder was a disaster draft pick. I mean, we were actually uh, who was I talking about this with today? I think it was with with Ross and, and Derek down the hallway today, and uh, we were talking about how Sage Rosenfels is our is our journeyman quarterback correspondent here and. And uh, we're looking to maybe bring in some other journeyman quarterback and do like a journeyman quarterback gathering in a few weeks or so. Like we're just like planning a, maybe a fun event coming up. And someone joked, well, could we, could we bring Christian Ponder back? And I said, he wasn't even a journeyman. No. no, That was such that. a bad draft pick that yep. he wasn't like Matt Schaub. It was determined almost 10 years ago that Matt, it was determined like six years ago that Matt Schaub is not a starting quarterback anymore. Mm-hmm. But he's still in the league. He's a journeyman quarterback. He's well, like, a backup quarterback. Gus Farratt was one. Yep. He became a journeyman but, quarterback. But Rick Spielman's pick of Christian Ponder was one of the worst draft picks in franchise history. It just was like it was, it was, he was not an NFL quarterback, and yet you selected him in the first half of the first round. But I'm not ready to say that he can't identify a quarterback because I think he might have identified Teddy Bridgewater, and we don't know. He might have identified. One of the fifteen but best think, quarterbacks in the world, that was, and that guy's leg snapped in half. But I think that I think, in fairness, that was Norv. Norv identified him and told and told him to draft him. I think. Okay, but then he like, but like at least he put someone but in place that could identify. My point you get is credit for that too. My point is, I think that's a fair conversation, though. Is it? Are these two guys, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, destined to be let go together if the season doesn't end up in the playoffs, or is there a way that you could see that 
say the defense is still a top one, two, three, or five defense in the league, but the offense doesn't produce, Kirk Cousins doesn't produce, that Zimmer keeps his job, but Spielman is let go. I would say probably not based on on the fact that I don't think the Wilfs would saddle a new GM with the current coach. Unless that unless that new GM's like Mike Zimmer's my guy. I love that that guy. But I really believe that if if they decide that Rick is not the guy, that they would probably go towards an offensive first identity. That's that's my guess. And it's interesting because when you look at where this league is gone now too, that might be fair. I don't know. I just see Offenses improving and improving and improving, and and you might say what we thought was a great idea in 2014 yeah. just is not going to get us a championship. I would just be we can and we have so much more time the next few months to to sort of check back in on these expectations. I just looked this up too. The last time the Vikings had three consecutive seasons where they ranked defensively top five, top five in yardage defense, and I get that like yardage defense can be. If you're not allowing yards, that's 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 generally a good Can sign that your defense is good. Can I guess? There's, there was a three-year stretch. I'm going to guess it was around the time that Dungey was here in the 90s. No. 60s? Purple people eaters? Late 60s. It was, 19, well, it was 1970 through 72. is the okay. last time they went three years in a row and were a top-five yardage defense. Right, but that's a different game at the time, too. It is, and it was a much more defensive, grinded-out style. Right. I mean, like, guys were smoking cigarettes on the sidelines. Len <laughs> so. smoked at halftime of the Super Bowl. But it's not. I'm just saying, like... We're so quick to be like, on to the next, on to the next. Like, this is, the Vikings have one of the, the Vikings to me have one of the top seven or eight or nine head coaches in the NFL. And you just like, be careful. You don't want to hire another Leslie Frazier or somebody that you think is a head coach, a hot coordinator. Nicest man in the world. I don't know what your problem is with him. Mm. (laughs) He's very nice. Phil. Tampa 2. (laughs) Unfortunately, Tampa 2 was pass A by then. Let's. Uh, we haven't had Matthew Collar on our show in a while, and he's been out at training camp all week. And get some updates from Vikings camp. We will. We will give you the greatest and biggest bloodbath, and write that down history at five o'clock. I today. don't like how this sounds for. Well, me especially. It was a Game of anyway. Thrones episode for write that down accountability session. It was really bad. So we'll get to that. Luther Brookdale Toyota is the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, at least uh, in my opinion. But I got to tell you, it's hard for me. Like, I'm guilty. I'm a phone picker-upper at stoplights and stuff like that, so this week's been a little bit tough. Like, my first instinct at a stoplight, and I know it's not, you shouldn't be doing it, and especially this week, you can't do it anymore. I haven't done it this week yet since the new law was put into place. Uh, So throughout my life, though, I've been kind of a fidget on the phone when you're not supposed to, and it's been a tough habit to kick. But uh, with the technology inside my brand new 2019 RAV4 XLE, I got to tell you, there's no need to pick up the phone. I got the Apple CarPlay touchscreen. You got the Entune system. If uh, if you want to check out some of the amazing new technology in these Toyotas, there's some great specials going on right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota. They're open until 9 o'clock tonight, and you can ask for a test drive, and they will show you all of the bells and whistles that have made my life very easy in this vehicle. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdale, Toyota.com. 442 here at Score North. We've been talking Vikings all hour here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. But if you're still hyped about the Twins, despite their lack of big moves at the trade deadline, you can join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and former Minnesota Twin Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball. That'll be next Tuesday, August 6th, beginning at 5 p.m. for Modest Brewing Company. 
over in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer courtesy of Modest Brewing Company. There will be prize giveaways throughout the night. The event is free, but you must register to attend. Register right now over at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Joe with Rami. Third and the full 10 at the 23 for Schaub and the Falcons, who lead by a field goal. Schaub hit as he throws and picked. Intercepted in the secondary by Trey Johnson. All right, Matthew Collar from Purple Daily and scorenorth.com. You've been out at training camp. Be honest. Did you know that Matt Schaub was still in the NFL before last night? You bet your ass I knew he was uh, still in the NFL. I mean, I follow the journeyman quarterbacks, man. I even follow a Twitter account that is intentionally just to report on quarterbacks. <laughs> wait, yes, I did. What, wait, what account is this? Um, it's something about, like, quarterback update or something like that, where every quarterback that signs somewhere, including the CFL, will get a tweet from this quarterback update Twitter account. Well, I'm following that right now. Let me go find this. That is awesome. It's amazing. It's, uh, it is my theory, by the way, that if Gary, so I think it's been established now that Matt Schaub, even though he was a starting quarterback for a few years and even almost threw for 5,000 yard ones, that he's a backup quarterback who was elevated by circumstances. And I think, so this is my theory. And I think if Matt Schaub can be turned into a near 5,000 yard passer and, and go toe to toe with the Patriots in a playoff game in 2012, I think there's hope for Kirk Cousins to take a step forward under Gary Kubiak. What, what have you been seeing in the early stages of training camp? Am I on to something? Well, you know, take a step forward is, is kind of tough to define because I think what you're really looking for is exactly what Kirk Cousins brought up in one of his press conferences, I forget which one now, about being a 500 quarterback. And what you're really looking for is not more yards or more touchdowns like you would naturally be. If it was Christian Ponder, you'd be saying, um, how about you kick up those yards per attempt a little bit, my friend, right? But in this case, it's a little harder to define um, because of the fact that Kirk Cousins has already put up very, very consistent numbers, very consistent pro football focus grades, even consistent QBRs and different uh, analytic stats and things like that. So can Gary Kubiak help him perform just that little bit better when the Vikings really need him to? And And that comes down to situations where you have the ball and you're down by one score in the fourth quarter like they were in Chicago last year, and then Kirk Cousins throws a pick six. Well, how do you solve those issues? And that's the biggest question I have. I mean, I I tend to think that Gary Kubiak could help um, a little bit when it comes to calling the offense, but also Cousins has kind of had this offense before, right? I mean, when he was in Washington, he's playing under Shanahan, he's playing under McVay, and he put up similar numbers to what he did last year, maybe a little bit better in terms of yards per attempt. But how about a third down and long? How about there's five minutes left and you got the ball and you got to drive the length of the field with you making plays, not you know checking it down, not running play action and things like that. That's where we're really going to find out if Kirk Cousins is better. One, one weekend, Collar, give me give me a, um, a pleasant surprise so far, and give me one thing that might not have lived up to your expectations in these training camp practices. Well, I would say the pleasant surprise is just that they have multiple tight ends who look like they could play at this point, which, I mean, it's something that this team has been looking for for a long time, to whether it was your uh, Michael Pruitt or your Bucky Hodges. I mean, Red Ellison brought a little bit to the table, but now I would say they have two guys who I'm certain will be a big part of the offense, 
and another guy in Tyler Conklin who's emerged and may have um, put himself in a seat where he could be that number three tight end and actually get used. If you, if normally you were asking me about the number three tight end, I'd be like, look, guys, let's talk about something else. But in this case, with the way they want to run the offense and try to get mismatches with personnel, we might see that. And the other thing we might see, too, is Kyle Rudolph actually gets to take a play off from time to time. So I, I, I think that that's been the thing that I wasn't really sure about beyond okay, maybe Irv Smith looks all right and Kyle Rudolph is who he is. But even Kyle Rudolph looks a little quicker. He looks like um, you know he's a fit in this offense. And I asked Kyle about that today, and he said basically last year he was coming off ankle surgery, and that kind of slowed him down a little bit. He doesn't really have any speed to lose, right? Um, you know, he can't afford to lose any steps. So, you know, I think that relationship between Cousins and Kyle Rudolph could definitely improve. In terms of the thing that's been disappointing, I, you know I, I don't really know if I could come up with anything really specific. Kirk Cousins keeps getting sacked, but a big part of that is Daniil Hunter just murders everyone because he's Daniil Hunter. He's one of the best players in the NFL, and they can't stop him in practice either, just like no one can stop him um, you know, in the regular season. So that, that is still something to watch with Kirk Cousins taking sacks because mm-hmm. he's been doing it a, a lot um, throughout training camp, and I'm not sure if that's just a product of and the Vikings have great defensive ends, or if that's still going to be an issue um, throughout the season. I kind of tend to think that Kirk's pocket presence really won't change a whole lot. Gotcha. So in the, the weeks after the draft, you wrote on a couple locations, I believe, that be very careful what your expectation is fan-wise for Irv Smith Jr., because tight ends, as you pointed out back at that time, do not step in ordinarily, and and it clicks from day one. It takes some time. I, I saw that you posted a story at scorenorth.com today that essentially had Gary Kubiak saying what you had written months ago. Is that a is that a cautionary? The Vikings are concerned, or is that let's just all slow our roll because it is going to take some time for this kid to digest and play tight end uh, consistently at a very tough spot in the National Football League. Yeah, I definitely would not put it under the category of being concerned yet. And if you're talking about just re- what are reasonable expectations for him, I would look at someone like Dallas Goddard from last year with Philadelphia where they draft a tight end high and you think, oh, wow, I mean, this is going to be an incredible tandem. And, and still they threw to Zach Ertz 100-something times and they threw to Goddard 33 but he was a positive contributor to the offense and created some mismatches. I would set the bar there just based on recent history. Uh, something Mike Zimmer said, though, that was interesting um, after practice, he talked about trying to throw the entire offense at Irv Smith, see what he's comfortable with, see what works for him, and then be able to, to put him in there. And this is why it was so important to bring back Kyle Rudolph for this offense, because Rudolph at this point in his career can do just about anything in your offense. He's going to be able to learn it quick. He's an NFL player. He's experienced. But with Irv Smith, let's say that there's only five or six concepts he does well, but you put him in for 20 plays a game. He makes two or three catches. It's a positive impact compared to what they've had recently behind Kyle Rudolph, which was basically nothing over the past couple of years. So, you know, I think with Smith, it is a good idea to temper expectations, but you can totally see from Gary Kubiak's comment why they needed to figure out a way to extend Kyle Rudolph. Matthew Collar is host of Purple Daily, 2 to 4 o'clock. That's right. We have a a five-day-a-week, year-round Viking show. It's called Purple Daily. You can listen live on Score North and the Score North mobile app from 2 to 4 every day and also uh, on demand anywhere you find podcasts. 
It's uh, it, it includes Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin, and uh, also Judd Zolgad and other contributors from Score North here. So I feel like Mackenzie Alexander. There was a ton of hype coming in that the Vikings may have have, have nabbed one of the steals of the draft a couple years ago, second round pick. And uh, there was either a slow learning curve or just an unwillingness to be coached the right way, and he kind of fell off the map. But now it feels like Mackenzie Alexander might be sort of on the uh, on the way back up. What are you hearing about Mackenzie Alexander out there in Egan? So it's always interesting um, for people like us who you know play Madden or we look from the outside and say, well, why don't you just move this guy to that position and, and it'll work? Or why don't you just use the guy that way? And we never think in real life about the possibility that the guy doesn't want to do it. And uh, with Mackenzie Alexander, when he first got here, they told him, okay, you're going to be the successor to Captain Munnerlyn. You're going to be our nickel guy. And he really fought back against that. He wanted to be a shutdown corner, the outside guy. And if you think about it, imagine going from – dominating every level you're a superstar you're celebrated in your hometown you you know you're the guy at clemson you're shutting down the opposing team's best receiver on one of the best um you know programs in the country and then you get here and they say well you kind of got to be a sub package guy and even though nickels are starter now uh, starters in today's game that's tough i think for a player to hear is well wait a minute i'm not going to be that superstar sorry man you're really not and over the last uh, really, I think two seasons, it's been a, a, the progress consistently with him buying in more and more. And I think when Terrence Newman retired, maybe part of Newman's thinking when he talked about moving aside for other younger players was, you know, hey, I, I've done this for a long time, and now it's time to give this guy the job and let him sink or swim. And that's what they've done. And, and at the beginning of the season last year, I thought this could be a disaster. His numbers were horrendous over the first six weeks. And then the light kind of seemed to go on. And Mike Zimmer said he's never seen a player embrace it as much after being difficult early on in his career to have a bigger change than Mackenzie Alexander. So now it goes from a position that last year and this year we were really concerned about to one that you feel solid about. Now, if you ask me who the backup nickel corner is, I have no idea. Might be you, Collar. And that's, I, I mean, in all honesty, Marcus Epps, the sixth round pick, maybe. J. Ron Curse, maybe. Um, but it, this, it, this situation with the corners is, uh, it, you're, you're really walking on thin ice. If anybody gets hurt, then it's going to be some trouble uh, until Mike Hughes comes back. All right, so I was w- watching what I believe was some uh, with the offensive practice in which they look so good from Wednesday. I was watching some tape this afternoon. I have an observation to make, and I want you to tell me if this observation is close to being the truth or not, Matthew Collar. Um, in watching Xavier Rhodes run, he looks a step slow right now. Is that accurate? Well, if you saw Stefan Diggs burn him on a long play, which I think happened on Wednesday, then that's a camp tradition of Stefan Diggs burning Xavier Rhodes. Um, so I'm not sure that I would say that just yet. Now, I, I want to see what Xavier looks like in the preseason games, but I'm not sure we're really going to be able to tell because guys who are veterans often kind of build up to it. Terrence Newman used to talk about that all the time of like, hey, don't go crazy to the point where you're going to be worn out by the beginning of the season, even though you know Zimmer wants them to compete. Um, you know, I also think it's important that someone like Xavier Rhodes, who has been injured, doesn't go too crazy. So I, I would not go there yet to say that he's a step slow. I, I'm going to have to see it when he actually puts pads on in a preseason game, maybe that third preseason game, or really in the regular season. But as far as should it be a concern, 
it absolutely should be a concern because when you get to this type of age of Xavier Rhodes and his size, there aren't too many corners who are going at six foot one and uh, you know two hundred something pounds who can go this deep into their career and still have that elite speed. Um, and, and considering that that they're going to be focusing a lot on the pass interference and things like that, which has always been a problem for Rhodes. It's absolutely something to watch. Matthew, what's the most football-y football thing you've seen at camp this week? Oh, um, let's see. Well, I mean, can it, can it be a conversation? Because after we were done today with our little scrum with Mike Zimmer, I asked him who his favorite fullback ever was. Wow. And he said, he, yeah, and he talked about like how great Tom Rathman was and Lorenzo Neal, yeah. and Moose Johnston. Oh, and I was big like, shoulder pads. Oh, Moose. Yeah. Oh, Tom Rathman. I love Tom Rathman. Big shoulder pads. But the thing that he pointed out was you could throw to Tom Rathman, and he would yeah. catch it and run with it. And he'd get, like, you know, a bunch of catches. And that's that. the, the conversation started with C.J. Ham, and he was talking about how C.J. Ham is legit going to be a big part of this offense, of which I know you're not supposed to cheer, but I think I may have. I think I may have celebrated at that time, maybe a fist pump for CJ. Um, I really do think that this offense is going to be fascinating to watch because while teams are trying to spread it out and things like that and bringing in Cliff Kingsbury, here's the Vikings saying, well, uh, you know, how, how do your smaller linebackers react to CJ Ham? Or are you going to bring in more linebackers? Or I, I think it creates personnel mis- mismatches that we've seen other teams succeed with, most notably the 2016 Falcons team that was really great on offense. And the fullback could be a fairly big part of that. I, I think it's actually kind of a it weirdly going in reverse to find something progressive. But that's kind of how football works. Yeah. I love it when just by the name of an athlete, you know what sport and position they play. Like oh, Tom Tom Rat Sam Gash. Sam Gash. I was just gonna say <laughs> but shout out to Sam Gash. Tom Rathman is another one, yes. right? Tom Football. Well Daryl uh, Moose yeah. Johnston. Like yes. Daryl Johnston sounds like a fullback, but when you say Moose, you're like fullback. Now CJ Ham, I think, could also play interior defensive line, but it's but it's pretty narrow. Like the, the range of names. things that he could do. Two more names, you guys. Mike Allstat. Yeah. That's oh, of course. And Rick Fenny. Rick Fenny. Rick Fenny, a little bit of a fumbling problem there in the early 90s. Yeah, but he's a yeah. battering ram. Uh, you can find Matthew's work at scorenorth.com. You can you, you can pretty easily just download the Scorenorth mobile app and find all of the Vikings' written work you can read and also live Scorenorth and uh, on demand. Purple daily, 2 to 4 o'clock every single day, Vikings training camp. We'll, uh, we'll catch up next week, Matthew. Thanks, guys. Football. Also, night practice tomorrow night, too. Happy football to you. Football. So much fun. It's football season. All right, when we come back here... (laughs) This is not going to be fun. A Game of Thrones-style bloodbath in our Write That Down accountability session. Do I lose my head?